we really kind of wanted to reach out and kind of highlight. Uh, we have five um, main areas that we highlighted and bring um, a little more direction uh, forward for not just our politicians, but for Canadians to try to understand uh, where agriculture is right now and, and some of our needs and some of the areas that are, are lacking uh, that we need more support from our government. So uh, it, I think it's very timely and it's a good time to do it. We, we understand the government's commitments uh, to, to the economy and agriculture is right there. Agriculture is one of the leading sectors of the Canadian economy. Hi everyone and welcome to the 10th episode of Fireside Chats with Aaron. I'm your host, Aaron Gowerluck. As Executive Director of the Grain Growers of Canada, I started this podcast to serve as a forum for real conversations with industry influencers and policymakers. In two days from now, the government will deliver their speech from the throne, outlining their post-pandemic roadmap to recovery. GGC is taking this opportunity to proactively identify what it needs as a sector to drive this recovery and ensure that farmers and the rural communities in which they live thrive. We're calling it our speech from the combine. And here today to share the details from this speech is GGC Chairman Jeff Nielsen. Jeff is a farmer from Olds, Alberta, and he has represented the Alberta Barley Commission on GGC's Board of Directors for about seven years, serving as chairman for the last four. Jeff's tenure as chair of the National Association is over this fall, and so I have also asked him to spend a little time talking with me about some of the highlights and challenges that he has experienced, as well as the legacy that he hopes to leave behind. Jeff, thank you for stopping by for a fireside chat. Well, thank you, Aaron. I'm looking forward to it. I am acutely aware of the fact that it is mid-September now and you have uh, better things to do. Uh, so I have to ask you, how is harvest coming along now in central Alberta? It's, it's been started. We've had some issues with the kind of cooler temperatures and uh, smoke coming out from the fire, fire, fires, uh, unfortunately, down in the U.S., it uh, brings an interesting comment. The field I'm actually hoping to harvest today, I actually finished harvesting on in late April. We had uh, harvest from hell, as we all know from last year. Uh, there's crop uh, throughout West Canada that did not get harvested. I had some. I finished that harvest in April, and I'm on actually on the same land this fall now to harvest barley. So I do hope that uh, we do have some good weather this fall and that we don't have the harvest from hell again and that all our producers across Canada do get the crops safely into the bin. So as I mentioned, Jeff, your time with GGC is, is drawing to a close this December. So while I do want to talk to you a bit about your tenure with the organization, I want to start by talking to you a bit about the speech from the Combine that you delivered from your farm today. Can you tell our listeners a bit about the speech, what inspired it, and the impact that you hope it's going to have? We really kind of wanted to reach out and kind of highlight. Uh, we have five um, main areas that we highlighted and bring um, a little more direction uh, forward for not just our politicians, but for Canadians to try to understand uh, where agriculture is right now and, and some of our needs and some of the areas that are, are lacking uh, that we need more support from our government. So. Uh, it, I think it's very timely and it's a good time to do it. We, we understand the government's commitments uh, to, to the economy and agriculture is right there. Agriculture is one of the leading sectors of the Canadian economy. But there are issues. Uh, we have issues with our business risk management program. It's not responsibly effective right now. We need to see changes on that. 
we need to see assurances that uh, with our crop breeding sector, our, our federal scientists that are involved in research, that work continues. Uh, we have been under a carbon tax for the last couple of years that is really unfair to grain farmers or farmers in general as we're price takers, not price setters. And we need to use uh, fossil fuels such as propane and natural gas uh, for grain drying. Grain drying is a factor of life on Canadian farms. We have shown that to our government. We've shown the data to government. And last year, especially with Harvest and Hell, our expenses of grain drying was were completely, uh, literally out of the roof um, due to the fact that a lot of the grains had to be dried. And we need to dry those grains, get them into top quality form our customers want. Uh, we can't use anything else but uh, natural gas or propane for grain drying at this time, maybe in the future. Who knows? We'll see. And, and when you look at technology, uh, we really got hit when COVID hit. Uh, uh, you could see with people staying home more, uh, uh, if you had young family at home, they were on their computers on the internet. Uh, that was a real drain for us in the country. Uh, I noticed here at home that we actually, our internet speed went way down in the evening. And if I was trying to do any business through the internet in the evening, it would be very slow. And there are areas in West Canada that have next to no internet uh, capability. And, and realistically, in some areas of West Canada and across Canada are native uh, communities too that have very limited cell service. So we need a, a strong uh, commitment from our government to ensure that uh, internet and cell service is uh, a key um, factor in uh, their programs uh, for Canadians. Thanks, Jeff. And you touched on a few of those, but I want to just go over quickly. In the speech, you identified six priorities that you feel need to be addressed in order for the agriculture sector to essentially be positioned to drive or contribute to the economic recovery. Provide effective business risk management programs, like you said. Support mm -hmm. science and innovation in agriculture. Support the health of our crops. Open our world up to trade. Provide carbon tax exemptions and improve cellular service and connectivity in rural areas. I can't help but notice that um, many of these were still issues even prior to the pandemic and they remain unresolved. The, the pandemic was a distraction of sorts and, and, and rightfully so, but I think like the government now, GGC and the sector writ large is hoping to hit the reset button, I think this fall and come back to some of the issues that are gonna be so critical, I think to the sector's growth. We're not going to have time today, Jeff, to discuss all of these, but I, I do want to dig into a few that stand out to me as being more pressing priorities. So let's start maybe with the conversation that we're having most often now around business risk management programs. The federal, provincial, territorial agriculture ministers were scheduled to meet, as they do every year, in Guelph in July of this year. But due to COVID, those meetings were postponed to October of this year. I've heard more recently now, just a few days ago, that that meeting will be rescheduled and will take place in November. We have been reassured that business risk management programs are in fact on the agenda. Grain Growers has been very clear in our request to see the agri-stability program restored to its former levels. And when I sat down with MP Francis Drew in a couple of weeks ago, he reminded me of the commitment that was in fact outlined in the Liberal Party platform to increase federal funding to agri-stability. This is the first priority that is outlined in your speech from the Combine. You have personally been involved in discussions on this at both levels of government. So I wanna start by asking you, 
why you think we haven't seen any progress on this file and what sort of outcome you are hoping for from this fall's FPT? Uh, that's a very, very good question. And for a lot of us, it's been a very frustrating question for several years now. Um, really, since Grain Growers Canada session 20 years ago, uh, BRMs has been a, one of our committees, uh, one of our focus to ensure that we have programming that is uh, what we kind of call bankable, transparent, as true transparency in it, and is reliable and responsive. Um, we've seen over the years different uh, versions of BRM program coming through, but currently right now we have some issues. Um, grain growers, along with other like-minded associations, such as the Canadian Canole Growers Association, Canadian Federation of Agriculture, Grain Farmers of Ontario, Canadian Sheep Network, and the Canadian uh, uh, Horticultural Council formed a coalition specifically on BRMs and specifically targeting uh, agri-stability, which has uh, probably been, could be the greatest uh, 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 benefit to producers, but has been whittled down to a program that is non-responsive and, and participation in it has literally dropped down to maybe 20%. Um, what we're asking for it is, I believe Aaron, correct me, is 2007, we saw a reduction in the coverage of agri-stability. Yes. And we're asking for a return to the 85% level with the removal of the reference uh, margin limits on that program. Uh, this has been our ask for a couple of years now. It's been a solid ask from our sector and those partners within the Ag Growth Coalition. And it comes at a cost, but realistically, it's a cost share between the federal government and the provinces. And it's something when you consider agriculture is the leading driving engine of the Canadian economy and our provincial economy. It's true when you look at the West here. Um, we are actually looking forward to uh, our provinces and our federal government stepping up and, and reinvigorating this program. Um, we're, as producers, we don't want to rely on handouts. Uh, we see that happening in other countries. We want to hand up. Uh, we want to ensure that we can manage our business in a sound way, but we can't compete when another country uh, gives subsidies to their farmers uh, in, in gross amounts. We can't deal with unfair trade, um, unfair trade practices and we can't seem to, uh, at times, control free trade agreements where uh, someone's taking advantage of those trade agreements to, to, uh, to the effect our farmers are not being treated well. So uh, we need to see a sound, reliable program here. And you mentioned a number of the groups, Jeff, that you've been working with now um, in, this, in the Ag Growth Coalition. But we've seen now that... that that support for this particular position for restoration of the agri-stability program expands well beyond just the Ag-Growth Coalition to include uh, every, every major commodity across yeah. the country. Um, so hopefully we will see, to your point, um, we will see some strong leadership coming out of the FPT meeting in, in, in November and, uh, and the federal, provincial and territorial agriculture ministers can, can come together and do, do right by the sector. Yes. In the Agriculture Minister's mandate letter, the Prime Minister talks about the need to ensure that Canada's agriculture sector is a leader in job creation and innovation. In the speech from the Combine, you talk about the role that technology and innovation play on the farm. Can you give me a few examples of how government can ensure that Canadian farmers are at the forefront? Mm -hmm. We've seen the government come out with various reports, the Barton report for one, um, and the plan of, is it, $75 billion by 2025 in agri-food exports. 
we have these targets the government has kind of put forward to us. And as producers, we're eager to meet those targets. But we need assurances by our government that we have a commitment to uh, things such as our plant breeding uh, sector. Um, Canada leads its public breeding program uh, is phenomenal, is uh, world-renowned, provides top-quality grains and varieties uh, uh, coming out of those programs. So we need to see that continue and grow. It's had a bit of a step back. I'll talk about that a bit more in a minute here, but um, we need to see that continue and grow. Um, COVID-19 did slam the door on a few things, and we need to see that door reopen and and safely and slowly. I understand that fully. We all do as farmers. But we need to see uh, a a quicker, uh, from our viewpoint, ag will step up a plate, and we have, and we will be there to to recover from COVID uh, as quick as we can, and we need the sport to do that. We also need to see a commitment when it comes to uh, agencies such as the Pest Management Regulatory Agency, um, Currently, they're constrained by budgets, and as a lot of departments are. Uh, yet, uh, when it comes to products that uh, farmers use and we use safely for the health of our crops, uh, they have to do re-eval- re-evaluations on some of these products. We need to see, and we know that um, over the next period of time, those re-evaluations are going to increase increase, and it puts a tax load on the PRA, PMRA agency. And we need to see uh, assurances by government that PMRA is supported, is funded uh, fully and staffed fully. Um, that just provides value. Those things alone uh, allows the innovation, allows uh, the progress that we need in agriculture to carry. And it carries the Canadian stamp with it. Uh, and I think that's something that we as Canadian farmers are very proud to have that on our product, have that Canadian stamp on it. And our customers really like to see that stamp on our product. Thanks, Jeff. I know in the speech from the Combine, further to what you've just said, you also talked about um, the need to ensure that Canadian farmers remain competitive and that you have access to many of the same tools and technology that that your competitors do. And so looking at uh, a regulatory framework that supports plant breeding innovation in Canada, and to your point as well, giving the, the pest management regulatory agency the tools and the resources they need. Well, there are new uh, technologies out there, and, and, and currently Canada is lacking, or we're not there yet. We're seeing our neighbors to the south, we're seeing our Latin American cousins, farmers, uh, using some of these technologies that we're not using yet in Canada. And we need to adopt those technologies now. Um, we need those advantages too, because as we know, uh, Canada's where we look at our grain production, it takes a bit of time and effort to get that production to an export position. And we need every advantage we can, and we are very eager uh, to to use those advantages. Mm-hmm. So a regulatory framework then that supports your access to those tools and technology. Maybe before we switch gears, I want to stay with them um, with with the importance of research, in particular in the agriculture sector. And you touched on the fact that COVID had a direct impact on on the federal research program. Can you tell us a bit about about the impact that COVID had on the federal research program and and what you hope government will be doing with respect to research in agriculture going forward? As I mentioned, we have a highly credible um, Ag Canada Research Division working for us as producers. And literally, and very understandably, COVID literally shut it down. with that, we understand the public safety and the safety of, of our scientists and, and people working with them. It grossly affected how a lot of these projects carry on. 
you lose one year's data. It may take several years to regain that data to continue those those projects going. They are also very intertwined with projects being done at the grassroots level, being done locally in your community, being done at your at your local college, at your universities, at your research um, uh, uh, grower groups that are working with the government on this. So they're all intertwined. They've all taken a hit this year. We need to see and need assurances, I guess, from the government. Uh, they are slowly reopening, which is great to hear. But we need to see that uh, we can hopefully speed things up, uh, get the system 100% operational, and then maybe hopefully speed it up a bit to ensure that some of these projects, some of these uh, uh, lines of um, maybe cereals or oil seeds or whatever coming out are still going to be on time for us to use as producers and assurances that uh, our federal breeding program, our federal research program itself is going to be sustainable from our government uh, for now and well into the future. Uh, it's a, a key part of our fabric. Um, we do have a private uh, breeding system and, and we're very proud of that private breeding system too, but as a Canadian and as a farmer and as for the public good, uh, it is important to maintain our, our uh, public breeding sector. Okay, Jeff. So a plan to address that one year of, of, of lost field trials, um, as well as a, a commitment to continue to make agriculture research and the funding for agriculture research a priority in Canada. Thank you. So I want to switch gears now and talk a little bit about um, your time as chair of this organization. You have served as the chair of Grain Growers Now for almost four years. So reflecting for a moment, what about your experience was awesome? Uh, it's been a challenge, definitely. Um, I, well, first of all, I say Grain Growers, the members themselves are, are what drives this organization. And, and it's always been a pleasure working with them. Um, when you talk about an, a, a Grain Growers is an association of associations. So it brings different viewpoints to the table. And it takes a, uh, taking a grain of salt at times to understand positions of, of other sectors or other members. Uh, personally, um, I don't grow corn or soybeans or flax, so I was eager to learn how our producers uh, grow those crops and their needs uh, and what they expect out of grain growers as far as helping their commodities. Uh, we've been at it for 20 years and it's been a growing experience from day one. Uh, it started as a group of farmers going from west to east, talking to minor farm groups, to membership driven farm groups, to uh, uh, provincial uh, commodity commissions, to national uh, grower groups and all the way to Prince Edward Island and gaining the trust of these groups and gaining the understanding that with consensus, a national voice for green producers was needed and needed in Ottawa. And it resonated, I think from day one, resonated well with everybody. Uh, we all came together, uh, we're still growing, which is exceptional. Um, and just the ability to work within Ottawa uh, having uh, uh, that ability to speak one-on-one -on -one with politicians, with different departments that uh, we're, we're networking with, uh, really allowed our voice to carry forward. And it's been um, growing since day one, and uh, I'm very encouraged that it's continuing to grow. Well, I have served as ED now for just over a year and a half. You and I, we've, we've been on this journey for a little longer than that. Mm -hmm. Prior to my role here with GGC, I 
I um, worked for one of GGC's industry partners and then for three years with one of our members uh, with the Alberta Wheat and, and Barley Commissions. So I know from personal experience, Jeff, that the last four years have not always been easy. What are some of the greatest challenges that you have faced in your time as chair? And, and what have they taught you? Another great question. Uh, probably, as I mentioned, being association associations is, is trying to get, and we, we may base our decisions on consensus. We, we steer away from any uh, votes. We, we have a process that we adopted a model that we go through, uh, that we choose the path, whether we want to support, lead, or, uh, or not have anything to do, do with uh, a project. Um, but um, it's that consensus building within our association uh, through its diversity, which is probably our biggest challenge. And it's been a big challenge to me. Um, as you know, farmers are very independent. I'm very independent. Uh, uh, or we can be very uh, uh, mindset or stubborn is a better word for it, I guess. And when you get us in a room, it takes a bit of uh, uh, time to, to adjust. And, but that's our strength is that ability. We have difference of opinion when we come to the table with a common mission to support our sectors uh, as a whole. And um, we do that. Uh, I think we do it very well. Um, for you, Aaron, and maybe like herding cats because we are kind of running around the room at different times and, and I may not be a help to you because I'll be on my own tangent about something at, time, at times too, but it, 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 it can work and it has worked and it is working very well, I'll have to say that. Um, it's that diversity and diversity within the group that actually builds uh, that quite well. We did have some issues, I guess, in 2017, and I call it almost a near-death experience. It got to the point where we had members, we couldn't come to that consensus level anymore. We had uh, issues with members not getting along with the, with the management team, the leadership team, and, and we really needed to have a re, hit the restart button. And it, it, it took uh, a great deal of work, not just from our members, but uh, from myself and uh, my vice presidents at the time, vice chairs at the time. And, and we had to reach, uh, reach deep and reach outside our comfort zone and um, rebuild. And we actually had the ability to bring in new players. Uh, we brought in a new player from Saskatchewan, uh, Paul. So we brought in uh, former members, uh, such as Green Farmers Ontario and Quebec Grain Producers. And we did literally hash it out how we could rebuild the organization and how we have the commitment. And we came to a happy place and we came to that point where we could move forward. And we did. And it, since then, um, yes, there's been still uh, the odd difference. And unfortunately GFO has stepped aside, but we continue to grow. Uh, we're seeing new members join us, such as Manitoba Crop Alliance, which is an amalgamation of groups, which included one of our former members, our original members, Manitoba Corn, but it added to our portfolio of Manitoba Wheat and Barley and Manitoba Sunflowers. So it's key that we're growing in that fashion. And we're we still have other groups we continually talk to. We work well with GFO on numerous projects and other like-minded associations. So we, we're still growing and I'm quite keen on, uh, on seeing that happen in the future. So it's been a good 20 years and I'm, I'm assured that the next 20 years are just gonna be more and more positive. 
I agree. And I think that, you know, one takeaway from me as an observer of sorts through that process has been that when you step back as an organization to do that work, it's not easy work and it's work that takes time. But when you step back to do that work, you, you do, I think certainly that was the case here. You do emerge stronger and more united. So I've been meaning to ask you, you know, no one is in this for the money. This is a volunteer gig. Jeff, and I know how much time and energy you pour into this organization because I know how frequently you and I interface with one another. So, you know, why, why did you do this? Yeah, one, I always shake my head when I say that, think that too, but it, it, it was a strong desire, I guess, to get involved in something else that, that was so related to farming. Um, I worked off the farm as a kid. Um, then I got working off the farm as uh, working with one of our life science partners as a, as a contract rep. And then I actually got involved, involved in uh, our local uh, member advisory group for United Grain Growers, one of the Western Grain Companies of the day. And that uh, just brought me to meeting um, industry people at uh, annual general members meetings, um, meeting other directors and being encouraged when an opportunity arose to be uh, run for uh, director, be a director of United Grain Growers in, uh, I think, 2009. No, sorry, 1999, way back when. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I took that chance and I was elected by farmers to sit on the board of United Grain Growers. And I've learned a lot there, um, probably more so. Um, um, it really encouraged me, it really brought me out of my comfort zone. But since then, I just continued on. Uh, joining other associations and taking other leadership roles as a director in other organizations. Some of them a little controversial, such as Canadian Wheat Board, but it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. I was there to support farmers and and see uh, a growth there. Being part of Grain Growers is, I think, probably uh, is the cap, um, is the, the top, uh, in my opinion. It's it's the consensus we have, the, le- the leadership team we have with yourself, Aaron, and, and your people in Ottawa our members um, that have come together and the recognition that we have, um, not just in Ottawa, but throughout Canada, but we have the ability to go in to knock on someone's door in Ottawa, have a meeting with them. We may come back out shaking our head at times saying, did we actually make any sense? But uh, later on, we'll hear through the, through the uh, grapevine that, you know, they talked to and they talked to someone else. Oh yeah. Green Wars was in here the other day talking about the same thing. They no, that's a good point. Um, so, it's key that we do talk to our politicians due to the fact that a lot of them have no experience in agriculture and it's a, it's a, it's a teaching and it's a learning responsibility for us as members to, to hopefully provide that. Yet it's all the other groups in Ottawa that we interact with, our life science groups, our financial community. Who, um, you look within the Department of, of Ottawa itself, um, it's not just Ag Canada anymore, it's Finance Canada, it's Transportation Canada, it's Health Canada, it's Labour Canada. It's where we, our fingers are outreached into many areas within the sector there. And we've had great interactions. We have great communication skills with them. And we're even getting tapped on the door saying, hey, can you help us with this? Or can you uh, show us someone that could help us on this? Could you maybe send some farmers in to talk to us on this? So I think that's just, once again, uh, just a feather in a cap there that we work well with all our political parties. We have great lines of communications and, and we have an open door policy. It's, it's one, of the, one of the things I'm very proud of about the grain growers and proud of, uh, of our team in Ottawa. And I know Jeff, that was something that was really important to you and to the members is, is to position grain growers 
as um, as a trusted advisor to government, someone that our government partners could count on to provide that perspective. And we do that work when we bring all of those, all of our members together from, from coast to coast. You do that work. Mm-hmm. Finally, given that your time as chair of this organization is over at the end of this calendar year, uh, I'd be curious to know, you know, what is your vision for Grain Growers of Canada and for the sector that it serves? Well, I'm very positive and I'm very encouraging to see um, the next generations of, of grain producers step up and encourage them to take uh, a role, starting at wherever level you're comfortable going forward. Uh, as I mentioned, when I was elected the director of United Grain Growers, one of the first meetings I went to a strategic planning session, uh, I was very uncomfortable because you had management there, you're talking about plans of of expansion, of maybe closing elevators, of, of growth here and no growth there. Um, during the, one of the first coffee breaks, I was approached by one of my fellow farmer directors and literally told to take my farmer cap off, throw it in the corner of the room. You're there to represent the company as the betterment of the whole of the company. Yet your view as a farmer is essential in, in working with the company to provide value to that company. I see the same thing when it comes to Grain Growers Canada or any association. We are a diverse board of directors when it comes to Grain Growers Canada, yet we bring a common theme and message uh, to our board, working on behalf of our local associations to ensure that the national voice of grain producers is heard. And that is exactly through yourself and your staff in Ottawa. So, you know, I'm encouraged that things are going to go forward. Um, I see still a lot of growth. We see uh, hopefully new members joining us in the future. And personally, I'm looking forward to taking a bit of a break. Um, partner Tim and I uh, uh, encourage hopefully spending more time uh, with him. And, and actually our farm is uh, key in the forefront of uh, keeping that uh, active and going. Hopefully some travel when we start traveling again. Um, but um, you know, I'm encouraged with, uh, the, with the future. It's a positive future. And it's taken a long road to get here, 20 years to get here. And like I said earlier, hopefully another strong 20 years plus. Thank you, Erin. Well, and, and thank you, Jeff. And, and I can appreciate that a, that a break uh, is, is certainly well earned. But um, you have become, to me, certainly um, a trusted advisor. And so I plan to keep the lines of communication open with you. And I think I can say on behalf of our team here in Ottawa and to our members across the country, you know, thank you for your unwavering commitment. Truly, it has been unwavering to this organization um, and to the success of this organization. And thanks for sitting down with me today. This is another testament to your commitment. We are launching the speech from the combine, which which we filmed today on your farm and on all of the work that goes into that and your time to sit down with me today when I know, you know, you've got other priorities waiting for you now because you're probably perhaps in the middle of harvest. Oh, we started this early, so I, <laughs> I got a little time for you time left, but thank you. Thanks, Jeff. And thanks everyone for listening to the 10th episode of Fireside Chats with Aaron. We will be back in two weeks' time with another special guest. In the meantime, if you want to stay up to date on all things GGC, please follow us on Twitter at Grain Growers or on Instagram at Canada's Grain Growers. Until then.